Tom Parry. Hey, Matt Boyle. What's going on? So, there's snow on the ground here in Denmark. Mm. We're vastly, rapidly approaching the end of November, which, for my money, means that we will be knee-deep in Christmas before we know it. Absolutely. My thoughts, Tom. I mean, it, after all, it is the season. We come up with a novelty hit and take Christmas number one. Oh, right. Okay. About video games, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. Have you got any ideas? Um, <clears throat> On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me uh, five gold rings. A PlayStation in a pear tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this might need a little bit more work, Matthew. I think it, I think it might need some workshopping, Tom. Okay, we can work on this over the next couple of intros. It's Tom my attack. Getting into the festive season already, or the festive yes. spirit, shall I say? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it it feels like the first year we we've been legally allowed to get into the festive spirit. Mm. Um, what with COVID and all that, and um, yeah, I don't know. For my money, at least, most people I talk to really can't be bothered. I think really. Yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot of Christmas spirit this year, it seems. Well, I'm seeing all the ads, and I'm noticing a trend in these ads. You know, it's always very emotional, isn't it? It's very heartfelt. It's like trying to pull at those heartstrings with a slowed-down version of a, a contemporary hit. You know, yeah. like, uh, I think on one of the ads it's got Yazoo, only you, but slowed down. I think that's a, that's a McDonald's <laughs> advert, I think. So it's got it's got a it's got an already slow song slowed down even more. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With a piano. So it's just course, like piano looking voice through a window of love. <laughs> it's like a story of love. Yeah, that 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 kind of thing. And I mean, to be fair, maybe that's how they get around copyright. Maybe they're just like, well, we can only use like thirty seconds for yeah, fair use. I what if know. we just stretch the? What if we stretch ten over across two minutes? I miss the days when it was like a cartoon Santa saying ho ho ho, Merry Christmas, you know, and all, and all that jazz. Why why does it have to be so sentimental? It's like because the holidays, Tom, they're about more than commercialism. They're about yeah, but exactly that's what it's an advert, family. isn't it? Yeah, just be blatant about it. Stop trying to cover exactly. up the fact you're trying to sell Exactly, just sell me Coca-Cola. Show me a truck with a fat man on it. It's fine. That, that's fine, yeah. That, that's, the, that's the limit of sentimentality I want in an advert, the Coca-Cola truck advert. I mean, yeah, I've not, I've not seen a Coca-Cola truck advert in a long time because we don't tend to watch television. No. That, that I do watch. I'm not being one of these people who's like I don't watch television. I watch like I watch streaming instead. You do live in so, Denmark, though. So. I do. I mean, so yeah, a lot of the TV's in Danish, so I don't tend to watch like live broadcast. I neither did. Say. Neither did I. <laughs> um, but yeah, I haven't really seen a Coca-Cola advert. I hope they are not like have taken this weird twist into like emotional manipulative things but then again i guess the coca-cola ads always work because they would like oh look it's trucks it's, yeah i tell you so what i don't know yeah i tell you one that's not too bad it's the asda elf advert where they've got will ferrell from elf i was amazed by that advert. yeah yeah i've seen this because i was just i saw that there was a will ferrell asda advert and i was like oh that's weird they got re- him to reprise that role oh, they did, and they? then i watched it and I realised it was just bits of Elf into like yeah. interspersed into like real footage, and I'm like um, that's really well done, composited into the yeah. into the footage. I mean, it's is this a sign of things to come? You know, ripping Hollywood actors out of films to put in your regional uh, supermarket ads, rather it, than getting them because Will Will Ferrell's actually been in the UK recently because he was on the One Show. Oh really? Was he promoting that um, Apple TV movie? He was promoting. Probably was. He probably wasn't promoting the Asda advert. So I watched that. It wasn't bad. I haven't watched that. No, this is the one with uh, him and Ryan Reynolds, is it? Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not like I'm not like. Oh my god, you need to see this movie. FYI, though, I'm just going to say this before we actually get into the topic of video games. Yeah, you haven't watched Andor. People who are listening, what are you doing? Just watch Andor. It's so good. Well, you know, so good. You you know, I, I, I. 
did I tell you about my feelings about Andor? No. I watched the first two and thought, God, this is boring. And it felt oh, like... time is so good. And it felt nothing like Star Wars. And I was like, why am I watching this? Third episode, I was sort of like, oh, this feels a bit more like Star Wars. There's a bit of a sense of adventure going on. I'm kind of into this. And then somebody told me that it goes back to the sort of pacing and tone of the first two for the third, for the fourth episode. And I was like, no way. So I didn't... I stopped Tom, watching it. It's, it's one of the best TV shows I've seen in years. Well, it's really, do you think it's really it feels good. like Star Wars, though? Me, no, really but to didn't. be honest with you, I, I love stuff set in that universe that isn't just like, way Jedi's, which yeah. the Mandalorian feels like it's going to be in season three. So I, you know I'm... what? I think I'm the other way. I think Mandalorian recaptured that sort of Star Wars magic, and I don't think Andor feels like the Star Wars that I love in a way. But I mean, I'm happy people are enjoying it. I mean, if that's that kind of thing. But <laughs> so to tie this back into video games, the reason I think I like Andor in particular. It's not only that the pacing for me is excellent, because I think you get a lot of character and world building that is kind of missing from a lot of Star Wars stuff, but it also, the way that Cassian Andor is kind of reminds me of the anti-heroes of Star Wars games of old, people like uh, Kyle Katarn um, in the Dark Forces and the Jedi Knight games. Right. And so that, for me, is a big part of Star Wars. Like, that is, for me, this kind of like, oh, we're rebels, we're doing this thing, but... We're kind of reluctant to do it because we're risking our lives. And is mm. is the bigger picture worth my own self sacrifice? And there's a lot of those things he kind of grapples with in this. Yeah. But I mean, I also just kind of like dystopian cyberpunky type things, and I think this is kind of scratching yeah. that itch as well. So I, I mean, I, I'm not going to write it off entirely. I will probably still try it again. It's just my initial first impressions. Yeah, I wasn't so into it. Because I, it didn't feel like Star Wars to me. And that's... I, I think put that aside. Just just embrace it for what it is. And then it, it's, it's it's really good. Like some of the, some of the performances. Um, oh, God, what's his bloody name? Guy who played Gollum. Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis is in it. He is the, oh, he's fantastic in it. Just brilliant acting all throughout. Like consistent tone it doesn't it hasn't so far in the 11 of the 12 episodes gone like crazy left field with anything i think it's a really well-made tv show i'm really i'm kind of surprised that a lot of people that i know are into star wars or just aren't watching it because they were burned by the book of boba fett and oh i like the book of boba fett minority mate boba fett boba fett (laughs) boba fett a Boba Fett episode. Anyway, vi- video games, Matthew. That's video why games. People listen to this podcast, not for seven minutes of us just harping on about Christmas and TV. I mean, to be fair, we could go on for longer. We I mean, could. we haven't talked about anime yet, but it's fine. How you? How you doing? What have you been playing? Yeah, well, I've been playing all sorts. I I've jumped back on to Cyberpunk more recently and finished yeah. uh, two of the endings for my character. Uh, the game gives you the ability after you finish an ending to go back to the last save point, which is before yeah. like the end game, and then make a different decision. Uh, there's three in all, it seems. Yeah. Um, both of the endings I've experienced. Maybe put up a spoiler. Most um, what do you say? Spoiler Notice warning. For Spo- the next spoiler 10 warning. Minutes. Let's put some sirens on it. Wow! 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 Both. Of Don't them spoil anything, Tom. Quite miserable, I would say. There's a certain okay. sadness to both the endings. I've uh, like, like, you have to make a decision, but it always feels like you're making the wrong decision. Yeah. You know, there, there hasn't been an ending yet out of the the two I've had where I felt like I've made a good decision at the end of the game. That's kind of how I felt at the end of Mass Effect Three. Right. Okay. I'm hoping maybe the third one is a better decision, but from what what mm, goes on. Prior to the end of the game, I don't think the third option is going to pan out very well either. So, uh, yeah, yeah, but I, w- I will check that out. I mean, the endings are similar. They have, you always end up fighting Adam Smasher at the end. Um, yeah. He's like the last big um, enemy. But I'm on level yeah. about 30. Uh, I think the first time I did it, I was like level 30. I'm at level 33 or something now. And he's not hard to sort of deal with. It's not like... Yeah. It's actually one of the things I really like about Cyberpunk. But it, it's, um, I can play it and I don't feel that it's too difficult. 
it, it's right. sort of on my sort of level of um, expertise in video games. Okay. Uh, whether I'm playing it at a lower level, I'm not sure. I can't remember if there was sort of a, a toggle at the beginning. I probably am. I quite like it. It's challenging enough for me on the level I'm playing it at. And maybe the level my character is now, that end game doesn't necessarily feel that challenging. Um, not I mean, t- I, I have... say too challenging. Yeah, that's probably better. To... I have heard that depending on what build you make, you can kind of just cheese through some of the end of that game. Like apparently there's, um, if you go down the hacking route... Right, there's yeah. essentially a thing that you can do this kind of like a, a a magic virus you throw right. at people and then when they go near people it infects them as well and kills yeah, them yeah yeah i've seen things like that i've been working now now i've sort of finished it i've been going back to the game sort of exploring more and working out and paying more attention to those upgrades for the character yeah in fact if you just go around the um, the world and and have little fights with street gangs you'll find it's quite a good way of building your level, which isn't something I ever did, really, when I played no. through it. I was concentrating on story missions. But I guess these sort of um, gang battles, they're like random battles in an RPG. That's yeah. how you gain experience in the world. You take part in these um, small-scale small um, gang Do you wars. at any time pick up a bicycle and smack them with it? No, that that's another then I'm game. Not interested. There's no then there's I'm no traditional interested. bicycles in uh, Cyberpunk. I mean, to be fair, you would kind of think within a dystopian future they would be, wouldn't you? But what environmental concerns are you thinking? Well, no, I'm I'm more thinking like low grade tech for the people who can't afford like ridiculous upgrades. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's... motorcycles are more fitting in with the Cyberpunk aesthetic, yeah. though, aren't they? Like, yeah. it needs probably... to be a bike without any wheels. Probably my favourite way of getting around the world but if you, if you are to go headfirst into a car you will fly off the bike yeah that's good which makes sense um but i really like coming back to that game uh, i left it for a while before doing the end but now i just come to it as a sort of casual thing just to get you know wander around a bit and do the odd yeah. mission here or there because uh, there's still side missions coming in every now and again um some of some are quite uh, light and entertaining for example um you meet up with a, an ex-band member, a Johnny Silverhand's uh, band called yeah. Kerry. And he's like, he's quite a comical character. He's, he, he's uh, yeah, so so there, there's, there's quite a lot still to enjoy in, in Cyberpunk, I think. Uh, I'm at the, uh, the, what sort of hour mark would you say? I'm over 30 hours in. I'm sort of the same I... sort of hours in as I am level on my character. The fact that you've played a game for 30 hours, though, says a lot about the quality of that game. It's probably come about 30, 35 hours, yeah. Okay. As I say, it's, it's one, I, one I sit back and relax with, you know, Okay. Uh, nowadays. Yeah. Okay, good to know. I'm, I'm glad that you have beaten it. I'm glad that you still find that there is something in that world to do for you after you've done that as well, because I'd heard that kind of once you've done, you're done. Well, it depends how much you play it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that once you're done with the story, you're done, you say. But, well, that's where I've kind of heard that there's not really that much worth going back and re-exploring, but it's from the sense of things, you're no, doing lots of these side missions and you seem to be enjoying them. I, I was concerned, actually, though, when I first completed it, there wasn't much else in terms of side missions. But as I've um, wandered around, um, you'll get a call on your phone about a side mission. They seem to just come at certain randomly yeah even if you like driving around you'll bump into someone there was a guy who'd had an accident with a uh, uh, a genital upgrade and it was burning <laughs> his uh, genitals so you had to get yeah. into the uh, ripper dock so he could fix up his uh, member <laughs> <laughs> so that that was quite a funny one and you only got that by just sort of bumping into the guy you know so there's, there's yeah. I think there is quite a lot to discover. Although as you do walk around the streets, you t- a lot of buildings you can't go into. Okay. Um, of course, it, it feels a little limiting in that respect, but the world still feels absolutely huge, uh, maybe even too big to to me. Because how can you possibly explore every little nook and cranny of it? Because it's just so huge. Yeah. To me, anyway. But I d- I don't normally play these type of games, so I can't really compare it to, to much. Well, I played, it felt like a relatively big world, to yeah, be fair. Well, you've got so. the, the city, and you've got the wastelands, and you've got other areas as well. 
can't yeah. recall exactly. But they're, they're, they're the main ones to me, the, the, the city and the wasteland. But uh, yeah, lot, lots to enjoy in Cyberpunk. I recommend it. I mean, if you've, if you've got the ability to play it on um, higher-powered uh, console or, or PC, I think it's definitely one to check out. But uh, I, I still think from what I've seen of the previous-gen versions, it's probably better to steer clear of those. That's what I hear as well. Yeah, which, yeah, that's a shame. Um, so it goes. Yeah, so it goes. speaking of uh, games which may be on underpowered hardware, the new Pokemon games aren't getting uh, much... Uh, well, it's getting a lot of love in terms of perhaps its uh, design, maybe, but its uh, te- te- technical prowess isn't particularly... Uh, um, what, 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 what would you say? Pleasing. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that this new Pokemon game from the sounds of things... I'm not sure if it's because it's rushed. I'm not sure if it's because Neither the Switch is starting it. to show its age. Yeah. I went to. I honestly, I, I set out on Friday with the intentions of buying it, and then I saw some more of the reviews come in, and I looked at the Pokedex just to see what the Pokemon looked like. And neither of those things convinced me to buy it. I wasn't particularly in love with the Pokemon design, nor was I really overwhelmed by what I saw in terms of the game. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it... I'm sure it's a Pokemon game. I'm sure if you can, if you're not really that bothered by random bits of scenery clipping in and out from what I've seen. Or to like me, though, it doesn't seem in. it doesn't seem like a minor technical problem because a lot of the times these things get blown out of proportion, don't they? Yeah, there's some clipping in the game, some textures don't load in fast enough, you know, but they don't sort of affect your experience. You can sort of forget about them. These seem quite in your face at times. Some of yeah. these issues. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of it online, um, which is a real shame yeah, that that Pokemon too. game has been released in a state which isn't as perfect as you would have hoped for. Because I think they've always maintained a certain level of quality. You know, this Nintendo seal of um, approval, you know. You well, know yeah, maybe this game isn't quite deserving of that just yet. Uh, I hope that these, these issues will be fixed because see, seeing the characters' arms like, bending round their heads and wiggling in the air yes. and things disappear. This clipping issue seems huge. You know, how thing, characters in Pokemon just walk through other things. Yeah. Quite, quite often. Um, well, from what I understand, like, collision detection is quite hard. So that's yeah. why it's happening. It's, prob- it's probably the lesser of two evils. It's probably like, well, you can either not walk around these environments properly or bump into things all the time and get stuck on them, or we can make you walk through them, and well, I guess they chose that path. This is more of an open-world game um, than we've seen previously, haven't we? We've seen Arceus, of course, yeah. but that was quite a sparse open-world, where things weren't yeah. necessarily going to you know, walk through each other. You know, cause I think maybe some of it's down to the fact you've got all these NPCs wandering around. Yeah. But then again, I've heard that there aren't many that even the game as it is feels quite sparse. Okay. So, yeah, just handling those extra elements seem to have uh, caused some some uh, issues in the. That's a shame. Yeah, in the game, you've seen the windmill that spins around very slowly. Yes, um, I have. I've, the, the as I said to you, my, the fa- my favorite clip that I have seen is of people in the photo mode, and then like one of the new bird Pokemon flying through the two models, getting stuck on the background scenery and just like glitching up out of the frame. So it's a shame. It's a shame it Pokemon the game's been released in that state because yeah, I, I'm sure it's a good game, but um, these technical issues seem to be preventing some people from. Well, I don't know if they prevent people from enjoying it. They're just shocked that it's happening. Yeah, it doesn't I, look I th- as polished as it, it should do. No, I mean, I th- I think Arceus coming out at the start of the year as well and really setting expectations pretty high in terms mm. of what a Pokemon game could be, especially on the Switch, which, mm. you know, is as I've said, is a, a console that is starting to show its age. And the fact then that you release this game and it isn't what people were expecting... I th- I think kind of sucks to be honest with you that you know you you do as you've mentioned like you do expect a certain degree of quality from a first party Nintendo game or at least one I know this developed by Game Freak or at least one that's published by Nintendo um one that is just a Pokemon game it is a it is the top tier of games yes 
the last couple have been a little shaky. People have been like, why haven't they pushed X thing forward more than they did? And now it feels like by pushing themselves more, that they've that they're starting to break the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, you, you did say like it is a tight timeline to turn around a new Pokemon game. We did only get Arceus at the front of the end of this year, and now we are getting this game on top of that. And then it it's not as good as it could have been. I mean, this must be the fastest between Pokemon generations yeah. I've seen in a, since Gold and Silver, maybe. So I don't know if they have separate teams working on these games or not. I don't know if they have an Arceus team and they have a mainline Pokemon game team. I know they outsourced uh, Brilliant Diamond and the Pearl, whatever that was called, uh, remakes to to another company, and they they turned out really well actually. I really uh, yeah. have enjoyed uh, Brilliant Diamond, but I've completed neither Arceus or Brilliant Diamond, so I, I'm playing this game wasn't top of my priority list. Yeah, I mean, for me, I still haven't played Sword and Shield, and in my head, like yes, they came out November nineteen, so we're almost. Mm. Three years to the day. I, w- I, w- I wasn't bothered, Pokemon to be game. fair. Sword and Shield was the most underwhelming Pokemon game for me. Well, this is the thing. This is what I heard, and this is why I was hoping that a lot of the technical faults of that game would be improved in this one, but it doesn't... For, for, for me, it wasn't so much technical faults. It was just general uh, story and challenge. There, there, and there was no challenge. As I've yeah. said, I think, before on the podcast, I didn't lose a single Pokemon yeah. in that game. And without any sort of challenge, then you know that's, that's quite quite a lackluster uh, game. You got to have. I know I said about Cyberpunk. You know, I like it not to be too challenging, but I want something. Just a little bit of something. Yeah. And I, I don't think that game had any challenge at all. It's a shame. But yeah, it well, is what it is. There you go. So, uh, well, you know, I I will play it at some point in the future. Maybe when I play it, they'll fix some of these issues with the game and I'll have a much better experience. It's like when I play Cyberpunk, I, I didn't play it till you got the PS5 version. Uh, yeah. So so I didn't experience a lot of the uh, the things that other people did and, and gave the game a very uh, negative response, didn't it? I mean, at the time, Cyberpunk yes. was seen as a bit of a joke. And terrible shame because, you know, the version I'm playing is, is absolutely fantastic and uh, mm-hmm. really been enjoying it. Well, I mean, it, it is what it is, isn't it? It's just sometimes these things take time, but I, you would have thought that after Cyberpunk that developers would start to think about releasing games that needed to be fixed via patch rather than just releasing them. And I guess this is something we'll see perhaps for the first time, actually. I can't think of another time where a Nintendo game is released in this bad estate that has needed to be patched and updated. Mm. Nothing really springs to mind as like a comparative thing from this for Nintendo, and I wonder if they'll be able to handle it correctly. No, no. It does make those sort of slight glitches in Sonic Colors Ultimate when that was released uh, seems pale in comparison. Because I know that yeah. also got a bit of a backlash on release um, because of some, some pop-up and, and such. There was something about flashing lights which sounded a bit more concerning that was... Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. a bit dangerous. Um, but however, um, Sonic Frontiers, can we talk about that for a bit? Sure, you've played this, you own this game now, look at that. Yeah, Sonic Frontiers is out. And, you know, I've played it a little bit this morning again, I, I hadn't played it for a, for, for a week or so. Uh, played three hours um, when the game first came out. And I was impressed, you know, I thought it was very polished actually. Um, and playing it today, I was like, you know, I actually say... This game's quite beautiful in a way, and I never okay. thought I'd quite say that again about a Sonic game. But um, there's something about the environment and how good it looks, and Sonic's character model also looks very nice. But uh, and also the changing um, of the uh, the day uh, day night the daylight cycle. cycle. Yeah, yeah, the daylight cycle actually, and some of the like the seeing things at uh, sunset and such. And it's it's quite. I'm playing on the Series S. And I'd say it's a very good-looking game. And that's well, not I mean, even the best it can look. I'm sure in um, on the other consoles, like PS5 and Series X, it looks even better. I know it runs at 60 uh, on those two consoles, where it, where it's capped at 30 on the uh, Series S. And yeah, Switch, I've, of course. I've heard the Switch version. Like I, I saw a... Um, I, think it, I think it was Ars Technica versus... Um, 
Oh, who are the people who always do the teardowns? Digital Foundry. Digital Foundry. I can't remember who it was. I saw a, twi- a tweet from one of those two outlets that was like, yeah, if you have any other way of playing this bar on the Switch, maybe well, do that. So I had some feedback on the Switch version from my good friend Pear. Yeah. Um, who messaged me uh, about it, and he was saying, you know, I've really been enjoying it on Switch. I can okay. look over its technical shortcomings. It's still a fun game to play on the Switch. Okay, that's cool. So it depends how sensitive you are to, um, you know, pop-up. I think the, the draw distance on the Switch version isn't great. You know, things are popping up right in front of you in, in some cases, but... Yeah, I think the game plays fine. If if you're not sensitive to the pop up, then uh, you might be all right. There's there's pop up in this uh, series S version, but it's not the kind of thing that's at all distracting. Um, no. The game still manages to look really, really good, and it feels fresh. I think having this open world to explore at at a speed. This is something Pear also said about. It's great to be able to get around a big world at that kind of speed. Yeah, and to also feel like you have a good amount of control control over Sonic as well, because the danger is, you know, he's going so fast, you you can't, you don't feel like you've got a handle on him, but you you do in this game. I feel you really he controls tightly, and there's quite a lot of good um, attacking moves. Uh, he's got he's, there's a new sort of close combat uh, fighting system in the game. Yeah, with new moves you can learn and such, and certain enemies. Do you can... hit people with a bicycle? I'm afraid not in this game. Oh, damn it! It is a it's a Sega game, so you might expect it, but no, uh, <laughs> no, no bicycle um, pummeling. But uh, yeah, the moves you do learn. Um, certain enemies are more uh, certain moves are more effective against certain enemies, and 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 such. So 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 if you're fighting a flying enemy, you might want to use Sonic Sonic Boom, which is literally a Sonic Boom like Guile would do in Street Fighter. Oh, good. Uh, I was going to ask, does he do? That yeah, good. and you can't really take the enemies down easily another way, you know. So that that's quite cool. And the feeling when you jump on a rail and you go through a sequence like off a rail into through a ring, then you get boosted, and then there, there's a real sort of uh, adrenaline rush as you do those uh, little bits. And sometimes they don't always take you where you want to go because, like, the boost pads only go one way. So you're trying yeah. to get over there, and you see, oh, I'd really like to maybe boost on that. But then you realise the boost pad actually takes you backwards. So uh, there is that. Okay. But to have designed a game where they work both ways would have been, I think, nigh impossible. Because well, I mean, not really. I'm well, the sure grind you rails are like the way you enter. You know what I mean? Like, well, the grind rails are the other way around. So it, it, if it boosts you onto a grind rail, it can't go from being behind one behind it to be in front of it. But it could. Because, like, Tony Hawk and these kind of games, like, whenever you grind in a Tony Hawk game, it's like the it's the, it's the the angle your character enters at and you follow that way around. I mean, Yeah, I've but these grind rails are, like, they've got very definite endpoints. Okay. You know, so they begin and end at certain points. So yeah, I've, seen, I've seen that in other games where you can, like, go one way on a grind rail and go back on a grind rail. Like... You can do that, but the boosts will... You can jump on a grind rail and go either way, but if you're approaching it from a boost... It's only gonna. It's the look. equivalent of like running into a spring in an older Sonic. Yeah. Game, which anyway, it's it's not an issue. I've made it sound like it's an issue. It really, it really isn't. I think some people have pulled the game up on that, but uh, you just, if you want to go a certain way, you just avoid that and go round it. And if you want to go the way where it's boosting, great. You know, have a good time grinding on that rail, jumping through those hoops and getting those rings. It's, uh, it's really um, fun to uh, traverse through the levels. Yeah. And the side space levels are fun as well. These are these short little levels that you can access by collecting these uh, gear um, collectibles in the game. So if you beat a big enemy like a Titan, they're called, which are, which are huge, by the way. These are these are really impressive. The camera will sort of go down and look up at them. Yeah. And they do feel impressively large. And there's usually a very particular way to tackle each Titan. Um, so what you're telling me is this game is Shadow the Hedgehog of the Colossus. Yes, exactly, Good. Matthew. Um, it's not quite as epic as, as Shadow of the Colossus. It doesn't feel like you've really gone through a major ordeal to defeat these things. But you yeah. know, there is a certain degree of challenge to uh, some of them. And um, you get these gears, and then you can access these uh, uh, short Sonic levels, which are throwbacks to um, 
Green Hill Zone or uh, Sky Sanctuary Zone. Right. And the game's also been a little bit pulled up on that because people say, oh, you're reusing assets from older Sonic games. Um, they are new levels. Uh, yeah. They happen to be Green Hill and Sky Sanctuary and some other ones as well. But yeah. um, to me, that helps actually bring it back to the Sonic um, identity because yeah. the world itself isn't Sonic at all. It's more like Zelda. You know, it's a big, right. open, grassy plain, at least to begin with. Um, so it doesn't feel very Sonic. In fact, Sonic and his friends are sort of out of place in that world. Yeah. But I feel that that even works in the game's favour because the idea of Sonic's got transported here. This isn't his world. He's meant to feel like alien within the uh, in the place he's ended up. Yeah. So in a way that does work in the game's favour. But then these, these little short stages bring back that sort of so- traditional modern Sonic uh, feel. And they're really fun. Because um, they feel like old school Sonic levels in a way that you can play through them multiple. T- you've got multiple objectives in them. Yeah. And um, the more you play through them, the more you can maybe uh, get all the rings or get all the medals or uh, finish in a certain time. Yeah, it's very precise, sort of um, well thought out little platforming bits. Uh, I've really well, not got is... anything bad to say about it. I think it's. Uh, good solid game the one critique i've viewed of it and like i I think you've touched on it a little bit Mm. with what you just said and like it's kind of you clearly have no issue with the open world experience of this sonic game because what what i've heard a critique of is someone said that sonic like sonic team has always felt like it has been stuck in that dreamcast era like it has always been operating in the shadow of sonic adventure and then the thing I've heard about why people kind of love and kind of critique this game in equal measure from the sense mm. of things is this feels like it 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 is a an open world game of that era like that it is a PS2 Dreamcast level open world rather than perhaps what we've seen in more modern games I don't, I don't like know about Breath that. of the Wild. I'd say it certainly doesn't look like one. Yeah. Um, to play. It's yeah, I, I don't I don't think I'd critique it like that at all. Okay, that's fair. I mean as someone like who actually likes that style week. of Yeah. But I mean I was just gonna say it because you like that you well, I mean, let's be honest, you love that generation of game and so I was like does do you feel that way like as someone who I would if I were to ask a person, does this feel like a Dreamcast game, it would be you and you don't feel that way, that's good to you. No, no, I don't think you could do this game on the Dreamcast. Well, no, I know that, but I mean, <laughs> like that that aside, like technical limitations mm. of a hundred and what is it, twenty eight bit system? Can't remember. I think Sonic feels better to control in this than he does in any Dreamcast game. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. they 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 they've improved the the control you have upon Sonic, and there's lots of things you can sort of tweak in the options as well. Like how fast his max speed is, and his turning circle, and things like this. So you so tune Sonic. Is you, that can tu- you can tune Sonic if you want to. I find the default absolutely fine. Wow, well, I've been playing it. You actually get an option when you first start up the game: Are you a beginner or are you a experienced Sonic player? Whereas you okay. can play the game slower. Sonic moves slower, I think, in that mode, or you can play it at the speed you'd expect Sonic to go. Yeah, it has a boost button. So um, if you want to go really fast, you have to hold down the right trigger. So that does give you a lot more control over Sonic than you might normally have. So when you want to take things slower, you just don't boost through it. You know? Okay, that's cool. The that's boost a, is great nice to addition. get round. Yeah, get get from place to place. You've also got an air boost as well. So if you press a boost button where you're mid-air, you'll do a dash in the air, which you can cover quite a lot of distance. with. That's cool. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it's saying I not played it for like a week since that initial three hours on the game. So it's not in terms of like, oh, I've got to play it kind of game. It's not done that for me. I have yeah. to say that. It's not like, oh, I need to play this all the time. Um, but I can see it possibly if you really into it having that sort of appeal because there's a lot to explore. It's that open world sort of game type where you you can spend a lot of time in it. Okay, but actually saying that, I don't think it's that long. I don't think it's sort of the story itself probably isn't isn't that long. I don't know. I'm just checking on how long to beat, how long it says for 
for Sonic Frontiers. I feel things. What would, are... what would be your guess of how long this game is? Twelve? Fifteen and a half. So yeah, you're not yeah. far off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's ample. Yeah. It's welcome. I just feel like like the story's moving on at a pace right now. Okay. Well, I mean, at least it doesn't suffer from what I would argue is perhaps would have been a more scathing critic of that era of like, oh, it feels like a Dreamcast slash PS2 open world, that it it does outstay its welcome. At least it feels like it's moving at pace. Mm. It's a great, great um, three-hour-plus impression of the game I've had so far. So, you know, obviously I'll... um, play through it and let you know my feelings when I've finished it but uh, I look forward to hearing that Tom Harry. I've been hogging this podcast this week <laughs> you have but I mean to be fair because you've <coughs> played video games and I really haven't Um, I so I'm, I'm just going to say at this point the video game that I played and loved over the last couple of weeks um, we talked about it on a podcast that I haven't yet edited and so that will go up and so just for your listening ears, Tom Parry, even though to the audience this will be a strange thing to hear, mm-hmm. um, I Platinum Tunic. Tunic is an excellent game. I yeah. I played Tunic to death over a very short period of time because I fell in love with that game. I think I think Tunic is a 10 out of 10. I think it's an excellent game. Wow. Um, and My so since 10 out of 10. that, just going like, yes, I'm going to get a Platinum in Tunic, I haven't really played a lot, if I'm honest. I've bought a couple of things. Well, have you bought anything in these discounts on the digital stores lately? There's been some yes, bargains. I did. Um, I picked up a Spike Chunsoft game that the name escapes me um, because it was like 70% off and like six quid. Spike um, Chunsoft. I, yes, I heard good things about it. It's called ai something i'm just quickly googling what the type of actual game is it made? um I, to be honest with you i have yet to play it i've just heard very you, you good bought it not um, knowing what type of game it was i just saw it was from spike chance off tom parry if i'm totally honest and was like well, I what like are they known for i've heard um, they name. are known for um virtue's last reward zero time dilemma zero escape these kind of um, nine nine nine. The the games where you are doing multi layered, multi faceted, like ah, text adventure stuff. Visual novel type. I remember Spike from back in the day. Didn't... <laughs> Sorry. Bless you. I've got a cold. I hope it's you something have. more. Um, more serious. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they did all. Didn't they? I think to associate them with Gungrave somehow. You be right that they did uh, Gungrave. I mean, did they, they publish they, they publish Gungrave. Um, they publish some stuff. Um, no, I'm, I think I'm wrong about that. I remember seeing their name Spike at least plastered onto some game that I've owned in, in the past. <laughs> they worked on the mysterious dungeon games. I mean, they also worked on like Shirin the Wanderer and these kind of things. That's where I know them most from. Fair enough. Yes. I don't but think I, I have much experience with them in that case. I, I remember their old I'm, logo sort of had yeah. a, a circle with little lines coming off it, and it said yeah, spike it in the middle. I remember mm-hmm. seeing that. They did, um, what you call it as well, um, Danganronpa and these kind of things. They've done a lot of like visual novel type games, or at least published a lot of those as Spike Chunsoft. Right. Um, but this game, AI, the... Somnumium files um i've heard is good it is described on the wikipedia page as an adventure game developed and published by Ch- uh, spike chunsoft um follows them uh it's a, a sequel oh no this is this is a second game to it that's weird why would you link me the second one um Set in Tokyo, the first installment of the franchise follows special agent Kaname Date, who investigates serial killings and suspects' memories to interact with information to help solve them. So I think it's kind of a bit Phoenix Wrighty, but like also third person, and you're running around these worlds and trying to find clues and trying to do adventure stuff. I I've heard it's good. I I I will buy anything Spike Chunsoft. It's generally quite interesting, and as it was six quid, I thought why not. Um. 
I also went to a flea market yesterday, speaking to Spike Chunsoft, and uh, picked up a bargain. <coughs> Tom Parry, a bargain. Um, I bought a Game Boy Advance SP uh, with Pokemon Fire Red, Pokemon uh, Mystery Dungeon Red, Pokemon Platinum for the DS, because wow. for some reason that was in the case. Um, Team NT and a Spyro game for like 20 quid. Wow. So, Worth was, a bit more than that. It's a genuine cartridges. It is. A, they are all genuine cartridges. Wow. I was playing a little bit of Fire Red yesterday because we had guests over, and I showed him, and he was like, "Oh my god, my childhood! I played Pokemon Red," and I was showing him, and um, where the person had saved who had previously had the file because her Pokemon was still intact. I will try and migrate them off. Um, it was just about to fight Zapdos to try and catch a Zapdos, and I was like, "Oh, that's." Yeah. Good on you. Good on you, person, for having the, the sensibility to save you. Because now like I get a, to catch a Zapdos. A bargain? It was. Um, well, a real I, bargain, not just a little bargain. That's a Yeah, big, a real bargain. Um, huge yeah. bargain. You know, weirdly, the value of those games far exceeds what you paid. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, weirdly, I we went around a couple of second-hand stores, like these um, lopper markets in a stall thing. And there were lots of games for sale. I don't know if that is a sign of the times or what, but like, usually I will go to a place and usually I'll end up buying something out of like, oh, look at that, there's a bargain. Yeah. Um, but this time I was so overwhelmed. It's like going into a good video game shop and going like, I'm so overwhelmed with choice because some of these things are actually quite good and some of them I don't have that... Mm. I was like, oh, I don't really need any of these. Like, there was one cabinet had pretty much all of the Kirby games from the Game Boy Advance to modern systems, including the DS ones. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have one of these DS ones, but I can't remember what it was. But they were all priced fairly, I would say, towards eBay prices. There was one that had a load of GameCube stuff, but nothing I didn't have. Um, there was one that was full of NES and Super Nintendo games, and so... I wonder, are we coming to the point in time where economic uncertainties met with the prices of these games means that we're going to actually start to see a lot of people try and sell off their collections? And will that, in fact, be the thing that kind of underpins Ooh, some of the pricing we currently see? Yeah, it's an interesting idea. Because I haven't seen this like wealth of games like and obscure titles like the mario party games for the gamecube and stuff that you don't typically see and you said at reasonable prices at relatively reasonable prices yeah like not in sit not the not the hundred or so quid i've seen some of those games go for recently i'm talking like half that yeah well that's good i mean i've not seen that myself but then again you know i've not been going the same sorts of places you've you've been i did go somewhere recently though in uh tooting london um called crazy thumbs oh i've heard of this place yeah yeah they have um a lot of stuff and a, a good variety of stuff imports included even cdi games even commodore 64 spectrum uh it's a little shop but it's a really friendly shop um and uh yeah but the thing was, I found surprising about it, couldn't find anything I wanted. Yeah, that's what I mean. That It's that kind of feeling where you see stuff, and because there's so much stuff, mm. unless there's something you really absolutely want, you kind of go, no, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I had totally that experience in there. That There was nothing that was like... But there were also things like I got bought recently even, like the um, 3D uh, Legend, uh, Pac-Man Gallagher 3D... Um, compilation on the um, 3DS. I saw that. Yeah. Now, I bought that a couple of weeks ago, so I couldn't buy that. I saw a couple of games like that. that oh, yeah, I should have waited because these were slightly cheaper than, than what I paid for them. Yeah. But, yeah, I ended up buying a Dragon Ball Z uh, figure. Okay. Um, That was it. But there's the great stuff in there. You know, I really uh, recommend checking it out that's crazy thumbs uh get off at uh, tooting broadway and it's not far from the station i will have minutes. a look next time i'm looking through their game boy color collection at the moment i've not seen oh there is one game i need oh do they have an online store they do have an online store yeah so i wasn't aware that is where i know them from um and that is crazythumbs.co.uk for the listeners who want to swoop in and buy this copy of NSYNC's Get to the Show that I'm currently looking at. 
Don't buy that game, it's horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, but other than that, Tom Parry, like, I can't really say that I have been playing or buying a lot. Um, mm. I'm trying to think if there's anything in particular that I've well, been really, really into. Yeah, annoyingly, they did have a copy of Colin McRae Rally, which is one of like the 20 games I'm still missing, but alas, it is isn't wow. for sale anymore. I'm just looking at this, the uh, N64 um, Pokemon console, £210? Yeah. yeah, man, that thing's gone very expensive. I have that, and that was not expensive. Well, I, someone posted. Um, someone I follow on Twitter posted a picture yesterday of uh, CEX Windows. Oh yeah. And too. everyone in the comments was losing their mind that um, Resident Evil Gaiden for the Game Boy Colors and I were like a ninety pound game mm-hmm. for a cartridge. And like, like, what is going on? I was just like, that's actually relatively a good price for it now. Scarily enough, like, but, but a lot of CEX doesn't seem to have this sort of low priced retro. Certain games are, but I mean, they had a copy. Of, they had a full box, like big box Super Metroid for hundred and seventy quid. Which again, I've that's seen it sell good, for about two hundred. That's, a, that's good a good price, price for that now. I'd never do it. I'd never. No, pay that no one, no one would. And I think this is the issue: is that you can put these things at these prices, but no one's going to buy them for these prices. It's great for the people who are trading them in because they potentially get in more than they've paid for it obviously they probably paid like a tenner for it 17 years ago and now they're like cool it's now worth 200 quid but i i just i don't know like i had an opportunity a couple of weeks ago to buy magical chase which is the the last quote-unquote rare game boy color game i need and with the strength of the n right now it would have probably been about 150 quid and I just can't, I couldn't do it. Even though that's relatively cheap for that game. I was like, I can't spend 150 quid on a Game Boy Color cartridge. It's no. no. Why? No, not at all. Dear me. I did spend uh, a little bit on a Game Boy Advance game recently. Really? What did you buy? Moto Racer Advanced. Oh, that's, that's a shame. I probably got a spare copy of that. Oh, all right, fair enough. Yeah. What do you think of it? It's a good game. I haven't got it yet. Oh, I really? Day, yeah. 20 quid. Yeah. To be fair, it's an alright price for it. It's a relatively obscure Game Boy Advance game. Well, no one else bidded on it, so I, I, that was the starting bid. So uh... The US version of that game in particular is incredibly sought after. The right, U- okay. the PAL version of it is is relatively hard to come by i fortunately again like because i i had the hindsight to think about some of these things i i've managed to buy a lot of the game boy advance rare shit up for affordable Mm. prices i mean yes i got lucky on things like invader and finding them in a secondhand store and all these kind of things but like most of the stuff i want at least european releases is some obscure american games that are just too expensive now and so i'm never going to buy them i bought motor racer i think for like three quid because no one knew what it was or really gave a shit but the american version of that game even when i started going hmm, maybe i should start buying these games is insane like a complete inbox copy of motor racer is like 500 dollars now i think yeah, which is wow. why also i think the pal version is <coughs> going up too because much like resident evil gaiden People want it for a full set, and then they're buying the European version because it's cheaper. Well, I just want it to play, so it's good in a lot of racing games. Good fucking and, game. And I also, don't even like I racing games, and I enjoyed it. A Game Boy Advance game on my analog pocket because I oh, 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 transition. Where I, am here, um, I don't have any of my Game Boy Advance games uh, at hand, so I, I thought oh, I'll treat myself to a Game Boy Advance game. <laughs> so I bought that. Oh, treat yourself to a Game Boy Advance game, Tom Parry. You do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We both have analog pockets now. It feels like a, an early Christmas miracle. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it just arrived. I mean, I did have to pay some um, shipping tax, which was yeah. quite pricey. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's not talk about it, Tom. Yeah. Don't f- f- that. 50 quid in my case. I live in Denmark, Tom. I'm not going to say how much I had to pay. Okay, it's more than 50 quid then, I think. Yep. Um, but I have an analog pocket now, and that's all that matters. <laughs> I have an analog pocket, and I have a dock. I have not yet played it in the dock. 
because no, I've it would been have so... been more because the overall value with the dock and the console must have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, I have I have played the the console itself, um, which I have loved. I I've not played it much. I've spent all of perhaps ten minutes with it. Just you've not having... had it for long. No, I had arrived on Thursday. We're recording this on Sunday, and I haven't really had time to play. I've had which it is why a little over stop. a week. I also need to get an 8-bit do because I don't have one to hand to play it on the dock yet. So oh, I'm, right. I'm going to have to have a look for one of those on the weekend. I know you can even buy them in like El Giganten, you know, so they're not hard to come by. Oh, good. Um, yeah, you can buy NES ones. And I was like, oh, well, great. That's pretty much a Game Boy. So that'll be nice. I'll actually kind of be playing stuff on there, and I hope the latency isn't bad, but I, I've heard nothing but good things about 8-Bit 2. So it's really going to help you. For you, this this console is a godsend, isn't it? For it the is. the kinds of videos you make on, on Game Boy. For those who I'm, don't know Matt as a channel, yeah, everyone know, knows who's yeah. a regular listener, but I, if you're I new to the podcast... I think so. We talk about it all about your time. Um, yeah, if for some reason you are new to the podcast, yes, there's a YouTube channel. It's called Game Boy. I'll check it out. Um... The, the the weird the the thing that is going to save me so much time is the fact that this console has the ability to create save states. Um, that not out of the box, shall we say? Not out of the box. You do need to get a micro SD card for it, which is why I haven't played around with it to see how good that feature is yet. But I will have for the next time we podcast, I think. Um, yeah, just that alone, just playing games like Castlevania: The Adventure, and being able to go. Fuck this auto scrolling level, fuck this end boss, and not just turn the console off. Are going to be amazing because I can I can go. Okay, cool. I've played. I've but I've hammered my head at this stupid level for like an hour and I can't beat it. Let me come back tomorrow with a fresh head. It's why I appreciate games with password systems. But in terms of me being able to play these games, being able to make sure that I see them through to the end without needing to be sat in a room for you know god knows how many hours but also with things like rpgs for example uh games like great greed roland's curse 2 sword of hope that are multiple hours long and i'm always afraid of trying to cover them just in case the battery in the cartridge craps out mm. i can now create save states so i don't have to worry about that anymore and i also don't have to sit in a room for like 12 hours and try and smack my head up against an rpg it's going to be absolutely amazing i i can i said this with the switch i'm sure i've said this with the switch but like i can't really review this thing because it's something that i've wanted for so long and the idea of it for so long and it feels like it is such a product that is catered to my sensibilities and what i need it for that i'm just over the moon that i finally have one it's gonna make my life so much easier I'm I'm just happy to uh, be able to play uh, Game Gear games and actually see them. Yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. I've got I'm... the uh, it, there's several adapters you can get. One being one for the uh, Sega Game Gear, and yeah, the games look great. I mean, yeah. in general, that screen is whatever you're playing, Game Boy, um, Game Gear, the games have never looked better. No. I just can't get over how sharp that screen is. It's it is just... an incredibly nice screen. I was playing Game Boy Color games on it, and it actually makes Game Boy Color games feel better like it's playing space marauder on it uh which is the game by color remake of uh burai fighter mm. just because i happen to have the cartridge and i was like this looks great this looks so much nicer on the screen than it ever would have on a game by color it's, it's so clean isn't it everything's just so clean i mean i've been playing pokemon um crystal on it yeah and yeah that's just re- just perfect you know i also what else have i played on there uh, Tetris uh, DX, and I've played the Sonic Game Gear games and such, and yeah. all those games have just been really benefited from uh, that console. I, console I, screen. Yeah, <laughs> I I plugged in um, just because I got them from a colleague. I plugged in Mega Man Two uh, for the original Game Boy just to check that, and that seemed to run perfectly. And then I threw in Lady Sia and did the first two levels of that just because I haven't had the cartridge around. But like for all three Game Boy systems, it seems to play perfectly. So I bright, really, isn't it? I, Standard yeah. is default. It's, it's a good, nice, bright picture. It is. I mean, it, it. the fact you can adjust the brightness as well is a great thing. 
The console's got some heft to it, which I really appreciate. It feels yes, heavy. I was going to mention it feels that. good in I the hand. I was actually surprised when I took it out of the box how heavy it was. And also with the um, textured back on the where the battery is and where yeah. you hold the console, it feels like an original Game mm-hmm. Boy. It does. In fact, I think more than any other Game Boy, it feels like the the dmg doesn't it it does it, yeah. it's got it's got the form factor it feels like it like not i mean yes there not are minor variations fat, it's not but, like one to one but it but it's got that same heft to it it's got it it feels like it's got four double a's in the back of it and that you're holding it except you know you're not killing your retinas as you play it which is always appreciated yeah yeah i i think in my head i expected it to be more like the game boy pocket and it really isn't I mean, in, in it terms is in of terms size, of its it size, isn't that far off, more, but yeah, it definitely... The pocket, but the feel of using it is more like an original game. Yeah, no, game 100% board. agree. I I really would like to get the adapters. As you mentioned, there is a Game Gear one. There's also one for the Atari Lynx, and there's also <coughs> one for the Neo Geo Pocket slash Color, which sounds great. There's Nothing also the Wonders a one, yeah. fucking ton of emulation stuff um, mm. is being done. On that system, if they release a Wonderswan one, I'm I'm buying that in a second. <laughs> I've I've, all, I've been looking for an excuse to collect more Wonderswan games, and that would be it. Though saying that, I would pro, I would probably never collect the Wonderswan because there are there are a couple of games for the Wonderswan that are just obscene. Like literally, I'm talking thousands and thousands of pounds because there's like seven hundred of them because at the end of that console's lifespan, Neo Geo were like, cool, let's put some fan games out. So I probably would never collect Wonderswan because it's really expensive. But Bandai, you mean? Wonderswan. Oh, yeah, it's Bandai, isn't it? Not Neo Geo, sorry. Neo that's Geo Pocket Color games are really fucking expensive as well, though, so perhaps that's why my brain's merging into one. Anyways, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You happy Tom. with uh, the power, how that works? Hold it down for a few seconds. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's that, fine. I think that's a good down, thing. Turn it off. The, yeah. the volume control, you like that? You prefer it yeah. to be a dial, or do you mind the buttons? I like the buttons. Yeah, that's fine yeah, too. Yeah, I'm fine with the buttons. If yeah, you... I can't really find anything any gripes really about it. Have you kept the screen protector on? I have. I took I took it off. I'm gonna buy an, I'm gonna buy one. I'm gonna buy a case. No, oh, all right. I, I I use a 3ds XL case for it, and I've kept that screen protector. <laughs> I I put it in one of the many dmg cases that i have lying around the puffy oh, ones sure. with space yeah, yeah. for two cartridges in the front because i just happen to have a shitload of them so yeah yeah great little uh piece of kit so, that um, it is it's worth the money i would say you know it's not a cheap thing but um it is absolutely to a series s isn't it yeah it is absolutely a luxury item especially when you factor in tax um well yeah but I mean, I for the amount of abuse I will get out of it, the fact that I can finally pack down my GameCube, bless it, um, and put it in a nice little box so it you know it's warm and secure just in case I ever need to pull it out again. But the fact that I don't have to fucking open the disc tray, put in the thing, put on an action replay gate thing, load in yeah. some system things that I've saved on an SD card and a memory card, and fucking run through a frame meister and make sure everything's powered on and everything's running the correct things. It's just like, it's going to take... Well, you've wanted this for a long while, haven't you? You've tried I, alternatives. and I've tried many alternatives. Work. I've I've paid, I paid more for that HDMI boy thing that I bought once upon a time that never worked properly that I backed on Kickstarter. And so this is just a godsend. This is this is the ultimate way to play Game Boy games. And I'm I cannot wait to finally start using it in Game Boy videos. I have to edit the last one I shot on the Frame Meister stuff. But like you know what, Tom Parry? You know what I'm really looking forward to? Being able to bring my Frame Meister into my friggin' living room and setting up my master system so I could play p- pixel perfect master system games on my T V. What's your first Master System game you're going to play? I'm going to play Power Strike 2, baby. I'm going to crack out the the big guns. Lovely stuff. It's going to be good. That that about brings us to the end of the podcast. Is there anything else you want to add? I think so. Um, I was just going to ask you quickly, um, as we were talking briefly about Sonic, uh, did you you see that Yuji Naka's been arrested? Oh, yeah. So this has educated me because I didn't know anything about inside trading. And uh, oh, really? this is what Have he's been be... pulled, pulled, pulled up on, hasn't he? Because he's bought shares in a company that 
he knew was going to be making a, a Dragon Quest game. A Dragon Quest correct? game, yeah. So yeah. Uh, with that knowledge, that insider knowledge, he bought these shares. Not as bad as a colleague of his, though, who bought several more shares in, in the company. Well, I mean, it was it was someone who, I, I believe it was not a friend. I mean, I assume it was a friend of him because he clearly told Yuji Naka, but I, he was a someone who worked at Square Enix who knew about it um, and had worked on, um, his name is a 38-year-old Square Enix employee, uh, Taisuke Sazaki. He says... uh, He worked on Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. He says, hey, hey, uh, Yuji-san, you want to make some big money? Well, I've got just the trick. Wow, yeah, you apparently... The other friends as well were in on this, which is kind of insane that people were able to buy these shares and do this stuff. But yeah, insider trading is bad. Don't don't do insider trading. Like the definition of that. Yeah, is yeah. If you if you have, if you have yeah. knowledge that is only available to you because you, you you work at that company or whatever, you can't use then use that knowledge to buy shares in a company. No, that you know is going to make a lot of money. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it but, seems ethically a bit dodgy. Yeah, but like that is that's a thing. But it has um, repercussions, and uh, it resulted in, in an arrest. I don't know the current uh, situation. Who knows? I mean, obviously, like this is this is fraud. Let's see what happens. I I assume, unfortunately, this probably happens more in the video game industry than we know. But I, I imagine they take this sort of crime very seriously in the, in, in oh. the Japan. Sorry. I mean, I imagine... They imagine take all this, over the world, yeah, but they particularly... they take this very seriously everywhere. I think particularly in Japan, I feel like uh, it may even be uh, even worse. I don't know what makes me think that. Maybe because of how uh, they react to when Paul McCartney brought drugs into the country. Well, I mean, but, how would they react to anyone who brought drugs into the country? Do you right. not remember the Johnny Depp having to make a uh, apology video for bringing drugs into the country? Right, no, I, did, I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean... Japanese courts are strictly very strict. I know this because I've played Judgment, and in the start of it, it's like, well, if you're convicted of a crime, there's like a 99% chance that you are going to face a penalty for it. So He's not having a good time with it. First Bally Wonderworld, and yeah. now um, arrested. Which is a shame, because that little phone game he put out that was essentially like threes or whatever it was, seemed like it was generally hailed as being a nice thing that people enjoyed, so... Yeah, and Battle of Wonder was not that terrible. No, I mean, I did I did see it for four quid and was like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> Do I need it? Nah, and I left it. And it, it It's fine. It it plays better on PS5 than it does on um, PS4. I'm sure it does. Weird, weirdly, it shouldn't be the case, but it does. <laughs> is how it is. Is how yeah. it is. Anyway, anyway. Anyways. Uh, so that's a good nice bit of... Um, well, well, not nice the best news, news to it's end nice, on, but a bit of an news. educational content. It's good don't news, do insider but... trading, folks. Even if you made Sonic, it's bad. Allegedly, I guess I should say. I, I though he has been arrested for it. I don't know if that applies, but I will say. Well, we'll we'll, we'll be the bit. first to. We well, won't be the first to give you the the info, but we we, we if we if we hear any more of the matter, we may just. No, we it we definitely time. won't be the first to, to give you the info because actually, I can tell you for a fact, um, there will not be there will be a podcast next week, but it will not be the podcast you were expecting because I will put out the podcast that I haven't edited that is a couple of weeks old. Um, well, hang on, so you you this podcast will be next week's podcast. This the, no, this podcast will be this week's podcast. Next week's podcast will be an we'll older be, podcast. That will be last week's with. podcast. Well, it, I mean, it isn't even last week, so I think it was like three weeks ago. Um, Do you want to put we... out the one that was three weeks ago? No, Tom, I don't. I'm going to put that out after this. Um, yeah, so enjoy me talking about Tunic and enjoy me talking about... Oh, well, both of us enjoy uh, talking about the Silent Hill reveals and all that kind of stuff. That was oh, wow, you've got that sort of that past info to look forward to. Exactly, you can look you can look back and laugh at us like fools. You didn't know what was going to happen in the world. You didn't know that Elon was going to destroy Twitter. Ha 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 ha! How naive and young we were, Tom Parry, and that's why this podcast is going out first. Fair enough. Oh, I won't yeah. be available next week anyway. I'm at a wedding. No. So. Oh, well, I should I should be. I hope I I hope so. I mean, I was supposed to be at a wedding this week, Tom Parry, but sometimes the the plans of mice and men do often go awry. Anyways, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast um, and want to listen to us talk in the past, uh, you can do so in a variety of places, such as on blastprocess.com, tomamanshack.com forward slash podcast. We are also on iTunes, Stitcher, and 
on Spotify. You can also find us on the social medias at the moment, while they are still alive, um, on Twitter at uh, TMACast for the two of us, at Tom Parry Lab for him, at Game Boy for me. And we are also on the Facey Books, though I will be honest, I very rarely check the Facey Books. I check the Twitter every now and again, but the Facebook is something that doesn't really strike me. I don't even check the biographic one anymore, Tom. So it goes. I just don't like being on Facebook. We still Um, do post to the Facebook. Yes. But, you know, they get shared around. People like it. It's okay. It's there. But I must admit, my, I myself do not go on the facey books that often anymore. Um, Yeah, like and subscribe. Rate us in iTunes, etc., etc. I did them out of order, so I didn't have to talk about Twitter in its current state, so I'm not going to. And um, until next week, where you will hear our dulcet tones talk about events of the past, as I mentioned, um, be sure, as always, folks, to game on. Game on.